Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good evening, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of The Vibrarian Show. My name is Joelle, and I'm the Vibrarian, and I'm here to elevate, enlighten, and empower you with information that I hope that you will find positive and uplifting. I'm here every Thursday evening on the Vibrary Radio Network, which is part of the Blog Talk Radio family. And you can tune in and listen to our channel streaming on your PC or mobile phone at blogtalkradio.com slash thevibrary. And that is T-H-E-V-I-B-E as an energy, R-A-R-Y. Or you can call the show line at 646-668-8988 and you can listen in to the conversation each episode. And if you have anything you want to ask or contribute, just press the one key so that I know you want to come on the air and I'll try to work you in as soon as I can. I do have a community of people out in the social world on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and I would love it if you would connect with me there. I'm creating a community of people I like to call the Good Vibe Tribe, and we gather together to uplift each other, share positive information, articles, pictures, anything that brings a smile to your face and helps you get a more positive and informed outlook on life. And you can find me on all three of those platforms with the same handle, and that would be at the vibrarian, T-H-E, V as in vibration, I-B-E as in energy, R-A-R-I-A-N. So yes, that's kind of like the word librarian. I am a professional librarian, but now I'm committed to bringing you the most positive experiences and information. So you can refer to that as high vibration. So that's where the name comes from. I get asked that all the time. People say, how do you pronounce that? What is it? So yeah, I'm a vibrarian. So every Thursday evening I'm here because I believe that knowledge is power. And so by examining and exploring many topics that we can come together and figure out how to uh, come to a greater understanding of these things. And so um, I'm sorry, excuse me, I'm getting a call. And normally everyone knows that I'm on the air at this time, so pardon the interruption. I need to just send them to voicemail. (laughs) So, yes. Knowledge is power, and so every Thursday I like to take different topics and figure out what is going on. I'm not an expert at anything, but I like to study about everything. So um, it's a chance for me to sit down and explore the various things that are on my mind, have a conversation about current events and what's going on, and then, of course, we have callers who call in to contribute to the conversation from time to time and also guest panelists. So I'm also here every Tuesday evening for the Psychic Inside Show, and this is an opportunity for me to sit down with various people who have come to understand that they have psychic gifts and abilities. We get to interview them about their life story and their journey and kind of what they're doing now with the hopes that each of us will have an opportunity to recognize some gifts that we might not have recognized as being psychic gifts. And by hearing these stories, it kind of triggers something in us that makes us say, wow, I never knew that about myself. That's pretty cool. I think I'm psychic too. So I'm so excited when people are tuning in to the Vibrary Radio channel, and I'm really um, grateful to have this platform to bring conversations and topics to a large audience. 
And so tonight I wanted to address something that I think is very important. Uh, The topic of tonight's show is high vibes in low spaces. So I think there might have been a country song or something like that that was talking about finding love, high love in low places or something like that. But the topic came to mind when I was considering what I wanted to discuss today because we certainly are being challenged right now in uh, this half of the globe, certainly uh, the northern hemisphere. There's a lot of awareness about what is going on with the weather events. We've had weather coming from the hurricane in Houston. Then we've got the hurricane now coming up through the Caribbean islands up into Florida, and then another tropical storm behind that. In addition to things, we have political turmoil and unrest with events like Charlottesville where a person was killed when a car ran into a crowd of uh, counter-protesters and protesters who were kind of gathered around a rather toxic and volatile subject. And I know for me personally, I am on a pretty strict, uh, not strict, but to some people strict, media diet. I do not tend to watch a lot of news at this point of my life, and that is a conscious choice. I also don't watch a lot of just general television programming, although I will say I'm a big fan of Game of Thrones, so that's my one uh, guilty pleasure. But overall, you know, I have certain uh, understandings about the media and the idea of receiving programming through television or radio influences, things of that nature. But when it comes to current events, I do find that the news um, tends to make me personally feel rather low vibration. And I was struggling after the event in uh, Charlottesville because I was watching a, a a version of the news from HBO called Vice News, and it was a 20-minute special that was footage of their journalists at the event interviewing people, and then the footage of the person who, uh, you know, when the car ran into the crowd, and I found myself crying by 15 minutes or so into the broadcast, and then. I got really rather tired and ill later in the afternoon and a migraine headache, and I wound up just taking some medicine and going to bed. And I was really coming to an understanding about myself over the past couple years that I am more sensitive energetically than what I might have originally thought. So, um, I feel like that was an energetic backlash to my circumstance at that time, and it really did make me feel um, rather sick, and it kind of made me further resolve that maybe I need to um, be more guarded, more grounded, and more intentional than I was already being about the energy that I was experiencing. So I know that At one point in my life, I was very much a crusader for information, and I would publish things that I felt were very um, informative. However, they were quite negative most of the time, unfortunately, but I felt that it was necessary for me to reveal truth even 
um, when they were not positive. And so I kept putting out all this information. And then I found myself getting very upset um, about the fact that people weren't actually reading the messages that I was putting out. I was getting a small amount of, of, of traction on the places that I was sending it out to people. And then my friends began to tell me that, you know, I was uh, – being what they call Ricky Bobby from the you know the movie Talladega Nights where he put don't you put that evil on me Ricky Bobby they would always say because I was always crying out the sky is falling gloom and doom don't you see how terrible things are oh my gosh let me keep you informed but at some point I had to realize that it was there were plenty of voices out there who were sharing the information that was negative and even though I felt like maybe because of my being a librarian that the information I was sending out was a bit better quality than the run-of-the-mill type coverage that you would see because I did put time and effort into the research, it still had the same negative quality that um, everything else did, whether it was good facts or alternate facts. And so I really found myself getting very discouraged and depressed and kind of down in my whole concept of being a crusader for truth and information, I was getting beat down. <laughs> so I wound up taking some time and stepping back and finally kind of looking. I think my father even said to me at one point in time, you know, oh, what are you going to complain about this time? You know, and I'm like, well, I'm not complaining, but I'm trying to bring attention to things um, that I was impassioned about. But then I realized that, at some point that it wasn't healthy for me and that there were plenty of places for people to sit and to receive current awareness, current perspectives, current news, and to, excuse me, have long dialogues and discussions about those ins and outs and the nuances and to get into heated debates with people about their mindsets and their beliefs and try to show them where they were wrong and where I was right and the error of their ways. And it really was energy that was spent in a dynamic that actually was matching then the frequency of the energy of the information that I was receiving in the first place. So it was like I was becoming a conduit for passing through a continuation of the negativity that I was experiencing. And that really, when I kind of found up looking at it like that, I was like, that is, that's not really what I want to be doing. Um, you know, my goal was to in, inspire people to be impassioned and be aware and then uh, possibly do something and make a change. But that was not happening. So, you know, and even now as I look um, at my activities that I'm doing in social spaces and the kind of conversation that I'm having, I'm needing to, you know, repurpose my energy. And even when I do talk about topics that are upsetting or negative, then um, I find myself creating an energy around it that is somewhat different. So rather than having righteous indignation 
and um, debates and heated conversations, which most of the time tended to be to people who already shared the same viewpoint that I had in the first place. So it's kind of like I created an echo chamber um, around myself, and then we were all talking about things and then never getting anything necessarily shifted or done out of it, even though that was what my original intent was. I wanted people to get upset about something and go make a change somewhere. I don't know what I was thinking they were supposed to do. I was supposed to turn over tables somewhere or something because sometimes that's what I felt like doing. But um, I found myself then being a contributor to the negativity rather than uh, shifting, as I had hoped, into a more positive framework. So, you know, I tend to look at different teachers on YouTube a lot, and one of the people who came to my awareness over the last few years is uh, Abraham and Esther Hicks, and they talk about the law of attraction and using your vortex putting out energy into your vortex, and then looks like the secret, which talks about how the key into manifesting is the energy or emoting or emotion that you put behind something. So I, you know, realized that I was creating um, a continuation, a continued my own personal vortex of upsetness, uh, stress, anger, uh, jadedness, um, you know, excuse my grammar as I'm grasping for words, but I was sitting in my own little stew that I was making and I didn't even realize that I was doing it. So what I began to do, well, first of all, I really disconnected. I went out of the country for several months, which was somewhat helpful in terms of moving away from some of the kind of um, – we get we tend to get in a funnel or a tunnel vision in the reality when we're in our day-to-day mundane life. And I highly recommend to people if you want to really shift your energy, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling negative, you're feeling upset, travel somewhere. It doesn't have to be far it could be an hour or two outside of the town where you live, travel somewhere and turn off your phone and go experience the energy of the earth in that different place. And I think the Corona commercial said change your latitude, change your attitude. It really can help move you out of a routine rut of an energetic kind of track that gets worn into your mindset. And face it, we all kind of face day-to-day, okay, my commute. My car can almost drive itself. Sometimes I just check out, I get to my job, I'm like, oh, my God, how did I even get here? We get in those tracks and those patterns and behaviors. We know the 6 o'clock news is coming on, and we're going to watch that, and then we might catch the 10 o'clock news. Or we might catch the 6 o'clock news in the morning before we get up, or we listen to the radio on the way to work, and we catch our news and current events that way. So it's almost like we give ourselves a repeating dose of the same negative medicine. And it's almost like our body gets primed to those routines then. And then we worry, well, I missed the news. Did I miss something? What's going on? I can say from my experience, there is not a lot that I miss but there is a lot that I miss. 
So what I say to that is like I was talking with friends, most of them will bring up things that they heard that are really, truly important. That's how I heard about the um, Charlottesville um, protests and things when they happened, but I didn't hear the spin doctors and the commentaries and talking heads. I just heard the commentary from my friends. And from time to time, I will also then see through social channels things that tend to be trending or higher level. And I do realize that this is, excuse me, a rather narrow place to hear things. But overall, I really value the news from the people who I know and care about. Their lives is much more significant to me than some of the things that are reported on typical news uh, the so-called news channels, local and national, like CNN headline news and things like that. So, it, it, you know, by shifting into a more small, in this little tiny corner of the world, my corner of the world, changing my filter factor, I have found that that was very beneficial to me. Now, did I know that there was a tiger loose in Atlanta a couple days ago until somebody told me about it? No. I was like, well, damn, I missed a tiger. Poor tiger got killed, I guess. Um, But I feel like the way that it was presented to me in conversation actually wound up being much less of a negative impact to my spirit than had I been watching if it was on the news and they were all, you know, talking, talking, talking about it. And I think that somebody else was tasered and then shot here in Atlanta as well, which is, you know, deaths of animals or people is never something positive that I really want to uh, see in the news. And I understand that it does have impact on us as society. But honestly, it was much more important to me when I learned that two of my friends had loved ones pass away in their lives. Um, One of my friends lost his mother and another of my friends lost her aunt. So that kind of news and being able to spread that kind of news to the people who cared about those individuals and wanted to know it ultimately was so much more satisfying than it was when I, you know, when I was watching the news and trying to pass on news articles to people. So, you know, it's it's kind of like you can shift yourself local instead of global and still have a global impact. And by that I mean if you are a person who like myself, I was very impassioned about changing the world and changing the society. And at one point in my life, I definitely would have been out protesting, been a protester, rode the bus up from Atlanta to D.C. to protest back in the 90s with the Gulf War uh, when all of my classmates were having to leave because they were in the reserves and were being called up and things like that. Um, you know, so it was – I'm definitely a person who is way more um <clears throat> this is a person who is politically concerned but was my chanting and waving a sign actually effective I, I don't know it made me feel like it was and there certainly is a lot of merit to be said for people who like went to the Dakota Access pipeline and who stood up for something 
So I don't want you to think that it is not a, a helpful means to achieve a goal. But I also know that I can act individually by reaching out my hand to a person who is either being oppressed or disadvantaged or is experiencing economic inequality or is um, at the hands of other people being treated poorly, if I just turn to them and treat them as I would want to be treated with human dignity, compassion, and love, then that action is just as valuable and has as much impact as it does for the person who goes and protests um, people. Um, in in mass kind of movements and things of that nature. But if one of those ways of being causes you a negative feeling instead of a positive feeling, then you should shift to another mode of changing the world. So it may not be for people who like to go protest that it will make them feel in a happy place by acting one-on-one. Um, the converse could be true for them. They may not feel that could be their happy place that makes them feel like their passion is fulfilled because they did go somewhere and do something. And there are certainly lots of people who leave jobs or go into service or, you know, doctors without borders, people who go into mission fields around the world and forgo all the material comforts that a first world reality brings. They are so impassioned that they throw all that into uh, their backpacks and go then be out amongst people making an individual difference. And, you know, I, I have a very dear friend who works in a Native American uh, community, and the resolve that she has to maintain in the onslaught of longstanding systemic issues that she was not the creator of and uh, has only a certain level of ability to affect change, and it is in a case-by-case basis really working with uh, children in the Native American community, on the, in the tribes, and how to keep your resolve up and keep positive while you are in the face of uh, an innumerable amount of odds, just like a, a grain of sand in a beach on an ocean when you start to look at some of the compounded natures of our societal challenges and struggles. So how does one find a way to get up in the morning and not be burnt out? How do you find a way to acknowledge the real gravity of some of the stressors that we're faced with without it then lowering your vibration so that you begin to attract more low vibration stuff to you. You know, I honestly believe that we are in a in a that we create our own reality and that there are influences around us, systemic influences that have been put in place that help to reinforce our negative perceptions of our reality. And by doing that, that our energy vibrates at a lower level and that then suppresses our ability to manifest our greatness, you know. So how does one then move outside of that framework? 
I've learned a few tricks over um, listening to different people and my own experiences. And uh, just a few weeks ago, one of our guests on the show, Scott Hall, he is a psychic who connects with uh, what he called extra-dimensional or extraterrestrial energy named Ave. And um, Ave indicated to him in his teachings that laughter is love and expression and that laughter is really such a beautiful thing. So one thing that, uh, you know, I try to do is keep a good level of humor in my life and to get, as Cat Williams would say, my seven chuckles a day, (laughs) right? And I really do look now to make sure that where I'm laughing at is not at anyone else's expense or misfortune. There was a time in in my life when the uh, Internet and videos were first coming out, and I, like everybody else, was on e-bombs world and places where you could see people taking tumbles and falling and making fools of themselves or people being ridiculed and not even being know they knowing that they were ridiculed and things of that nature and i i now I try not to actually well, I do think it's funny when cat videos come up and the cats get scared and things like that. People are like, oh, that's so cruel. But, you know, so, but I, no cats are harmed in the making of these videos. You know what I'm saying? So, but um, I do try to look at the kinds of things that I find humorous because that is one of the tricks, right? A child, a baby's laugh. And you can do baby laughter as a search on YouTube, and I promise you within 30 minutes of sitting there and watching those babies giggle, you will be giggling too, and your energy will shift whatever was bothering you. I guarantee you if you watch some baby videos, you will shift out of that energy in a different way. Um, there's other things that people, you know, whatever your little genre is that makes you chuckle a little bit or better yet makes you laugh out loud. Children, what do you hear them on the playground? They're screaming and laughing as they run away from each other. If you tickle a child, they get to screaming and laughing. If you tickle me, I'm going to scream, laugh, and I'm going to have an asthma attack, which might make you laugh, you know what I'm saying? But (laughs) overall, there's ways to engage that freedom because laughter really is and can be an unrestrained activity that is infused with joy. So put in your pocket your your joyful laughter giggle moment. It may be a joke that someone told you. It may be a fun time that you had with friends. It might be that baby get video that you bookmark um, on your phone so that you've got your emergency laughter kit <laughs> that you can pull out, something that no matter what, you're going to giggle every time you see it, right? Put that in your toolbox, okay? How to elevate yourself on a consistent basis when faced with stress. Unplug and disconnect. I promise you won't miss anything 
if you do that. You will get caught up on the information that you feel like you might miss, but step back from it if you find yourself in a negative emotional loop. Because I promise you that loop will continue to spiral downward. It's not likely to spiral back upwards again once you're on that track. It has nowhere to go but down, and it's up to you to just stop the movement on it, pause, and then pull out your little giggle kit, and then shift it up. The other thing to do is to go outside in nature. All you have to do is stand outside and just look around at the little things that are happening around you and be in that present moment. Because no matter how things may look on TV, if you go outside and the neighbor kids are riding their bike down the street and your other neighbor is watering the lawn or there's a smell of fresh cut grass, maybe there's a scent of rain that just happened or the leaves and the wind is whistling in the trees um, or the clouds are really puffy in the sky and making interesting shapes or the sun is bright and cheerful. All of those present moment observations then will help you shift from what you're seeing is a supposed worldview and what you're experiencing on in you know through television or media. Now, if your job is the place where you have to go that makes you feel worse when you get there than you did when you woke up in the morning, if you automatically start a downward trend like, oh God, here I go again. That speaks to the fact that you are going to need to examine what it is you're doing and who you're doing it for. There, You can pull out your giggle tricks and walk outside at your lunch break um, only so many times before you are going to be faced with the reality that, you know what, I'm just really not supposed to be here. And you may not know where you're supposed to go at that point from there, but just coming to like even an understanding and talk with yourself like, you know what, we're not happy. We're just not. And you know what, I want to be happy. I want to experience joy and happiness in my life. So what are we going to do? What is going to happen now? Even that acknowledgement of that fact that a significant change is going to need to be taken is important, and it will likely then start to raise your vibration from that point forward because you'll realize, well, you know what, Um, it's okay that I don't like this crap. It's okay that I'm unhappy. It's not okay for me to continue putting myself through this and continuing to exist in a low vibrational state. So just having that kind of heart-to-heart talk and saying, you know what, old fellow, we don't know the way out of this, but all we know is that we do need a way out, and we are willing to start to examine that, then our vibration of wanting to then exit will return to us exit opportunities. But as long as we continue to churn and stew and accept the negativity and then just circulate around our system, 
then it, we will stay. Uh, Where the objects in motion stay in motion, the objects at rest tend to stay in rest. I think that's one of the laws of physics that I remember from my high school C in physics class. <laughs> but, um, you know, just having that acknowledgement that something's going to have to change. I don't know what it is, but I can't really keep coming here for too much longer because it's making me negative. It's making me negative at home. It's, uh, you know, I, I feel tired, more tired when I got up than what I felt like when I went to sleep. I got to get out of here, right? So once you start to shift, then and realize that you are not trapped, even though you may, through your rational mind, only count certain avenues as exits, trust and believe that there are numerous, innumerable ways that we can be moved out of our circumstance, and it is not necessarily up to us to be the ones to find the pathway. All we have to really do is set our vibration to exit strategy, to a higher vibration, and then an exit will manifest for us over a period of time. So, you know, that is one of the things why I say it's so important to understand how to keep your vibration high even when you might be facing a low vibration reality or circumstance. And again, everything is just temporary. We are never... I had a good therapist one time. I love her to this day because she helped me put in a lot of frameworks into my life that have been very helpful to me. But she said, now why do you want to go put a period at the end of the sentence? She was like, you don't have to do that. And at the time I was making some bold declaration, well, I'm not so-and-so. I am such-and-such, period, right? And she was like, you can put a period at the end of that sentence if you want to. But you don't have to, and at the time I was just firmly into my definitions, and I was like, nope, I am, blah, blah, blah. So oftentimes we see periods at the end of sentences when really it's only the period that we are enforcing because of what we allow ourselves to consider. So if you feel like, you know, I'm an accountant, what am I going to do if I'm not an accountant? I mean, I'm not happy in this job. I hate counting beans. I'm sick of being kinds and tired of numbers, but it's what I do. It's what I am. I am an accountant. What shall I do? Well, if I work for this company, it'll be just like that company. I've heard bad things about them. If I want to improve, then I, you know, then I would need to work for another company, but I know everybody over that company knows everybody over this company. So better the devil you know than the devil you don't. I mean, how many times have we might have had that conversation with ourselves, right? But if you take that period off the end of the sentence that says, I am an accountant, and you realize that you were giving yourself an expectation and a definition that was keeping you in a certain kind of container and in a certain vibration, then you become free to move about the country, as they say on the airline commercials. You know, if you take that period off and say, well, I have been an accountant, then that leaves a whole, well, okay, that's what you have been that's what you have been doing, it's not who you are because you aren't just the accountant or the professional version of yourself. You are now 
free to receive energy outside of the definition that you gave yourself. What if you're not an accountant? What if you make clay pots? What if you have a talent like that? Well, if you're able to release the period at the end of the sentence and say, well, I do accounting for a living and I also fire clay pots and teach classes on the weekend because I went and took some classes and it turns out I really have a knack for it. And then you you wind up being passionate about that knack and people say, wow, that ashtray looks awesome. I want to buy one of your ashtrays. And you say, oh, I'm passionate about making this ashtray. I was so creative. I stayed up all night to make it just so perfect for you and fired it and painted it and everything. I'd be happy to sell it to you. Next thing you know, your exit strategy from the I am an accountant has appeared for you, right? (laughs) So it's interesting that so much of what we experience is of our own making, We truly are the creators of our own reality. So one of the things that I've learned um, as a tool is that every day when I wake up, I consider myself like a computer, but I have an operating system. And just like I load up my computer when I shut it down and wait for everything to boot up, in the morning I am booting up into consciousness. And so the first thing I do is put in my antivirus in place, which is when I set my protective energies to say, you know, I am a sovereign being. I am the master manifester and creator of my own reality because I am an aspect of creator source functioning in human space. I mean, and this is my personal framework that I'm speaking of, and I am surrounded by a protective energy shield, and I envision myself kind of coming into awareness and putting that around me so that nothing that is not of nothing has my permission to affect or enter my reality. Um, either conscious or, consciously or unconsciously, uh, that is going to negatively harm me in any kind of deep fashion. Now, does that mean that I don't see cars and people who stress me out in the morning commute? No, but I handle that stress differently because I've put an energetic shield around myself to where I'm not going to be then thrown off because uh, somebody cut me off in traffic in the morning. I'm able to remove myself from it because I protected myself from that and getting into me and affecting me at the outset. The second thing to do after I, you know, set my boundaries is I put the energy of gratitude out. Like, I'm so grateful not just to wake up, you know, um, in the morning, but like I love my my bed space. I love my pillows and the way that my sheets and things feel. I love the way that I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I do is send the energy of, wow, this is great, another day to be human. And so then I infuse that gratitude energy in everything. You know, thank you for the dreams I had last night. I don't remember them, all of them, but I know they were there. 
Thank you for feeling rested this morning and for the sunlight that is peeking through my windows. I'm just really so grateful. Oh, it's a rainy day today. This is beautiful. Oh, I love the sound of rain on my windows, right? I immediately just run through a list of four or five things and reasons why I'm happy just in that moment. I'm not like, oh, it's time for me to get out of bed. I mean, my body may be moving in that fashion, but if I allow myself the mental preparedness as I'm coming to awareness to be happy and gratitude, then it's not such a chore for me to get out of bed. And, you know, I'm not a morning person. All my friends will attest to that. You know, I don't wake up well, not unless it's later in the day, but that means I'm a night owl. So I get to be alert and frisky when half the people around me are deep in sleep and been in sleep for three or four hours. But, uh, you know, I am thankful and express gratitude energy first because that means by the law of attraction I will receive more things to appreciate because I put that energy out there. Now, if I put the energy out there first thing in the morning of, I really don't want to do such and such. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, my list is so long. Oh, I just want to roll back over and leave. Oh, just give me two more hours and let's just chuck this day in the garbage and start over. Then I will continue to have a day that I wish I could chuck in the trash and start over with. So, again, a vibrational and intentional shift that then sets the framework for the whole rest of my reality experience. The other thing is then that after I've set my protection, set my gratitude energy out there, then I ask for my guides and angels to support me and to help me in any way that they see fit. The things that I know about, I name that I need help with, and and then I say, and the things that I don't even know are coming, you have my permission and gratitude to manage those things and to assist me with your intervention and guidance. Um, because we're, as I understand it, we're in a free will, free will uh, reality. So it's kind of like a vampire, just like a vampire can't come in your house Unless there is uh, an invitation, so can the good presences. You know, uh, they say you have not because you ask not. Why didn't you ask? And so over and over again when I get, you know, do my oracle cards and have conversations with my guys through divination and stuff, they're like, ask us for help more. And I'm like, oh, dang, I did forget to activate my, uh, my team this morning, let me make sure that every morning it's like my whole system went clear overnight and I need to put everything back into place the next day. And so remembering to say, hey, team, let's go, team, go, is also very important. And so the other key that I found is that you set your intention. Whatever it is, you know, I intend to have a successful work day today. I intend to have healthy eating practices today. I intend to get my to-do list done today. And it's kind of like then you can set it and 
forget it. Now, you are not actually going to forget it because it's not like you need to then put your brain on it. Okay, get your intentions done today. Get your intentions done today. No, you set your intention, and then everything else that you choose to do through that day will be to the manifestation of that intention. There have been days when I have set an intention and then I, later in the day, I'm like, well, dang, I don't even know where I got that energy from. How did I wind up out here walking around the block? And it's like my my energy found the right time and the right opportunity to make my intention manifest. And before I knew it, I was actually engaged in what I intended to that morning. And I'm like, that's pretty cool how that works. So I've started practicing that more often. So it's kind of like I need to keep a little checklist in my mind. Okay, virus, protection, grounding and protection, gratitude, intention. And that's basically like your program. You're telling your computer how to run the rest of the day. Okay, we're going to load windows, and we're going to operate from the framework of windows for the rest of the day. Once you set your intention, I'm going to be such and such, then it runs your program the rest of the day. Now, the way I understand it is that if you don't set your intention, then you become subject to the rules of the external world around you with less control. So whereas before I am sitting in the position of master manifester, I'm the captain of my my ship and master of my fate because I chose to do this today intentionally versus I'm along for the ride in somebody else's ship and, wow, now I just got to deal with all the stuff that is thrown at me. Uh, I kind of feel like it's like one of those tennis ball machines or a batting cage when the ball automatically coming at you, pop. And you have to just then be ready uh, to field the balls wherever they come from. And it's always helpful if you go to the machine and say, you know what, I only want to do serves and I only want them to be 40 miles per hour. I don't want any 70 miles per hours and I don't want any fastballs or sliders, you know, just depending on the, the setup you're doing. And then you put yourself on the home plate, and then as the things come to you through the day, you know they're coming, but you also know that you are in a position then to hit them and to control what's happening. Rather than you just stumbling onto the court where there's a machine already popping out stuff, and then you find yourself ducking from balls that are getting too high to your head, uh, reaching for things that are out of bounds because you're out of control and you're responding to that external um, conditions rather than actually programming it. It's almost like if you just see a treadmill at the gym and the treadmill's already running and you decide, I'm going to just jump on it. <laughs> and then you get surprised why your ass is busted on the ground because it just spun you off. Wouldn't you rather sit and program the treadmill to say, okay, I need this at a nice pace of 3.0 miles per hour, I don't want any inclines, and you know what? If I want to challenge myself, then I'll press the button, but I'm not just going to get on the program that the last person left on it 
by any means because I'll probably injure myself or I will not be able to achieve my goal of having a successful workout. So as you can see, the principles of how you can begin to manage your reality can help you a lot in terms of, okay, I can control more about my experience than what I realize. I can look for the tricks and tips. I can keep a joy nugget in my pocket to pull out in case of emergency. I can set the energy of gratitude and purpose and protection around myself. I can find ways to uh, have local kind of impact in ways that help me counterbalance the the maybe national or global stresses that I am seeing and experiencing. Um, you know, so there's a whole, uh, hopefully a checklist that I've been able to help you see uh, as I've been speaking this evening at ways that you can approach maybe shifting yourself out when you do find yourself in a low resonance and repeating it, an echo chamber that is going back and forth and back and forth. Now, we have had some callers who've been listening this evening on the line, and I want to bring at least uh, one person on here to see what your experience has been with high vibes and low spaces. Hello there. Is this Monica? Hey, boo. Mad love and positive energy also. <laughs> ah, thank you. You know, I always appreciate to you tuning in to the shows on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. You always are holding it down. I can always count on your number to pop up. So what have you been thinking so far this evening with the vibrations and the information that's been coming out? For me, I'm still riding the high of the eclipse and trying to look at things really, really positively, and it's not, it's almost like I don't have a choice because even in the moment of anger, there's a coming like, okay, this is, we're going to be right in here in this moment, this is what's supposed to happen, and there's going to be something great that comes out of it. And I did the same thing that you did. I slowly but surely started to unplug from social media. Yeah, because it can be too much. And you find yourself kind of, in a way, channeling in someone else's rage to a point. And you feel yourself kind of off. Like, I didn't start off the day feeling like this, but just a couple seconds looking at the different things that are going on, things that have been going on for a while, but you're, now they're televised, you know, and you just like, wow, and that that sadness, that, you know, the complete anger of why and not having a justifiable answer to why and just tend, send people to try to build their own thing. And it's not doing so good, but we're on, we're on point. I, that's why I kind of look at it. We're on point after everything that we have gone through as a global community. You know, this is the, this may be our final step. So just try to find something positive in everything that's going on. Like you said, unplug from the social media. Let yourself be that light that you want to see. Um, but for me, you know, I have to be honest 
I still, because of my experiences, I kind of channel my, I split my personalities kind of differently. I have my portion that I section off as my, what I call my beast, my rage. And it was a way for me to, whatever what, based off my experiences, it worked out for me for a time. And as I've gotten more of an understanding of how much love extinguishes and shrinks that part, that, that aggression, you, I started to understand that that is not an option, and that option is always destructive to both. You know what I mean? It's, it's destructive. to No one is a winner. No one comes out on top. You know, like you said, well, Charlottesville, you know, a young lady died over just something that is completely un, was unnecessary. And a man's loss of control and just complete rage. Now, I and, know you... One thing I noticed about you, I know from our, our uh, conversations over years, I and you were very similar in terms of things make you want to get up and turn over tables, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and like uh, makes you want to <laughs> tussle with somebody or something. And so you try to channel that energy into, you know what, I'm going to send this information out because other people are going to be just as upset as I am by this mm-hmm. BS. Now, do you find that that winds up actually affecting your energy positively or negatively when you vent and or not even vent, but when you're operating as a uh, illuminator, if you will? Well, yes, definitely, but I started to see of it more of a distraction than anything, more like a, um, a get-me-off-my-game kind of thing. It was, I'm, and I'm definitely the person that tries to keep everyone informed and on a in a space of gaining and always obtaining information, but... There were a couple times, you know, after a while, I just had to, like you did, look at it like, okay, and paying attention to the responses and the comments, I was like, am I am I fueling it myself with my energy? And how is that a benefit right. to me and the person on the other end that is receiving it? Because if they're not in the place where I am, they may not be able to, work that out in a place of dealing with it differently than to go violently. It took me a minute to figure out that that was, I always knew it was a last result, you know what I mean, for anything, any situation that I went through, but it was a way for me to release. Right. But the carnage after the release wasn't worth it, mm-hmm. you know, and it took me a minute to really realize it because there was times when 
that you know like what I call my beast when it was released it was a it was an unlocking for a cage for me you know not to say that there wasn't you know a damage that was done but it was more it was more in me dealing with some things from my past some learned behaviors and different things like I said but it was also freeing but again, that's not something that you use in every situation, and that is the last resort. And that's the thing, you know. Be informed. I, I I really believe people should be informed. We're in a technology age that allows us to see what was hidden. You know, it's like you tell somebody, you know, this is going on. Well, I didn't see it. Now you see it. You know. So, and even in the acts of visual. People are still blinded, you know what I mean? So there has to be another avenue that we can use to get in. And the ultimate healer of all is love, you know what I mean? So you got to figure out, as for me in understanding my, my gifts without a period, I had to bring myself dragging, screaming, and kicking into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it feels the boost that I get once I can see the positivity and, you know, again, to stop and know that it sinks in. You know, um, I, I think it was a parent's thing that, you know, when you yelled, nobody is listening to anybody. So your yelling mm-hmm. wasn't you know, your yelling was in vain because the person is not hearing you and you're not hearing that person. So, you know, take the yelling out and calm down and then speak and then sometimes you'll hear things that you didn't hear because you was yelling. Right. You know, and I also believe that... Yelling is definitely... No, go ahead and finish your... No, I was going to say love, that, that love thing, boy... And used in the right way, <laughs> it can it can literally break, burn through, demolish, pain. You know, pe- you know, pent up aggressions. It, it's so much because I, I kind of I'm coming into this space where that's what the problem is. We don't love enough. You know what I mean? We have been taught to love material things and this, that, and the other. And because they can't give us love back, we're lacking. And that causes a lot of the, you know, mess. And if we can just get a little love, a little hug, a little how you doing, a little smile, you know, that goes a long mm-hmm. way in pushing people into the right place to give them the rest of the transformation. That's coming. Well, That's here. Loving energy is the most powerful energetic force, um, you know, that can be utilized in this particular manifestation. I mean, I think love and gratitude is a child of love because it's Mm -hmm. an outpouring of your love of life and what you're experiencing that it causes the feeling of, wow, this is so beautiful for me. So, you know, 
you can't yell loving energy, right? But you can certainly just even the vibration of yelling as an activity is in and of itself a rather intense vibrational experience, which does skew to somewhat of an impact of of tipping your needle to a negative scale. Because, I mean, even if people, now we're at a place where people use all caps in their text. I know yeah. we have a mutual <laughs> friend who he has his phone set to automatically type in text. And every time I get a text from him, I'm like, oh, I feel assaulted. But he's saying the nicest <laughs> things, and he's a big teddy bear of a guy. But it's like we've learned that, okay, all caps in text speak is being yelled at. So I feel like, oh, he's saying, I love you, sister. And I'm like, oh, can you use regular letters? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, and not even just, yelling. And Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Even in the texting and just that, you know, miscommunication, I had a conversation today, and it was like trying to explain certain when it's appropriate to call the person or go and see the person or appropriate to text the person. And, you know, I mean, when is that a no-no? And a lot of times you'll get a text from somebody and you don't know in what mood they were in when they, you know, sent a text. Again, as a person who types in all caps, you know, you can't tell what mood's in. But if you're in a certain type of mood, you might, you know, interpret that text like, wait a minute, hold on. Right. You know what I mean? So it's with that, and we as a, um, Americans, we tend to talk with, our bodies, our hands, our eyes, you know, we, we talk with everything. So a statement can have several meanings based off the tone of voice, this, you know, the statue of the body, different things. So you saying it in a text, no one can see that. So, you know, I mean, you get kind of on a slippery slope of someone misinterpreting what you're saying. And that's the whole, I think for me, again, it comes back to reengaging, talking. You know, I, mean, I was thinking, as you said, yelling, yelling the right words. You know, you get pro- the protest itself. You know, some of the words that were yelling, that they were yelling, were separatists, you know, promoting separatists, promoting, you know, a need to preserve, you know, and the counter-protesters pulled on that same energy and started shouting words as a word that they would feel was a counter to what they were saying. And I remember hearing, because one started, you know, we will not be replaced, this, that, and the other, and then the other, the counter started uh, yelling, Black Lives Matter. And I thought, well, that was odd. And I'm like, what kind of, what other words? could have been replaced with Black Lives Matter because this is more than just Black Lives Matter. This is everybody, you know what I mean, LBGYN matter, you know what I mean, handicap matter, 
We all matter. You know what I mean? Right now, there is a very loud voice that has been speaking for a very long time to get that understanding. But with getting that understanding, do we accept all varieties? If we can accept the least, and that's what I always felt that the foundation of Black Lives Matter, you know, was in the same sense a civil civil rights movement, whereas we are the voice that is bringing the message, but the message is to free us all. Now, if I had to make myself an example by calling myself forward to show my experience, that's fine. But in showing you me, I don't free just me. I free us all. Because if you can accept me, you can accept the rest. You know what I mean? What I feel is that the, and I had a conversation with a um, friend in another state who was quite disturbed because she was starting to see uh, a segment of Americans that she never would have thought it existed anymore, and she was starting to see the seamy underbelly that was emerging, and she was very, very discouraged and upset. And my conversation with her was like, but did you and your husband perpetuate these ideas? And she said, oh, absolutely not, absolutely not. And she related a story that when she found out her son had been participating in activities that were discriminatory or prejudicial, Mm -hmm. she immediately addressed him in a very strong way about the values that she and her husband had raised him with. And my words Mm -hmm. to her were that that in and of itself, that you did for the last 20 years of your son's life has the more impact, even though he might have slipped into a behavior or a mindset based on the environment around him and his high school and things like that. What you did for raising your children and the kinds of grandparents that you will be to your grandchildren, the kind of environment and tone that you just took as matter of reality, that in your reality all were equal, and that's what you then mm-hmm. created for your children. You did more than you could ever do by going to a protest and standing across a police line screaming at another person about their viewpoint. And I think we right. touched on it last week at one point that I think it was the Dalai Lama who said, you know, I am not going to fight a war for peace because that is really antithetical Right, so Mm -hmm. no, I'm not going to wage war for peace. I'm not going to kill people in order to achieve peace. And I think that some of the most powerful protests actually have not been the ones that have been with yelling and violence and where there's been tear gas and bloodshed. It's been when people silently lay their bodies across the street to show the impact of the number of lives lost in certain things. Or when people silently uh, change their economic structure to exert pressure on systems and structures. That's not people yelling across protest lines where permits have been granted and things of that nature. It's actual actions 
on an individual basis to say, I take Mm -hmm. my money out of this system, I take my energy out of this system and divert it elsewhere. And I think that's the key because everything that we're talking about is just energetic expression. So if you take your energy out of a negative loop, if that means Mm -hmm. watching the news and then sharing bad news with people, if that means going somewhere, experiencing something bad, and then getting angry in return for it, any of those things are negative energetic exchanges. So you have to find then those same avenues to individually, because the collective is not going to do it for you. It has to be individual. The collective will pull you into negativity, but it's a lot harder for there to be collective positivity. It has to be like a really specific kind of environment and event for it to be positively charged, but it's very easy to set a negative wave through a group event. Very, very easy to lower vibration, much harder to elevate it. So, again, individual operation of your energy is the key to shifting a high vibe Mm -hmm to a high vibe from a low space. Take control of your ship. Take the rudder. Find an avenue. Use a tool from your toolkit. Align yourself with somebody else who can be your positive peer support to uplift you out of that moment. Call for an intervention and flip the switch. Because nine times out of ten, you, you don't even know that you're switched on to the negative loop but you then are perpetuating the negativity. And a lot of times what we're vibrating is not anything that can even be measured with a naked eye. It could be just our right. actual auric energy that we're, you know, feeling depressed or low or feeling negativity and we stand by somebody else and next thing you know it's like static cling. They can sense it and then they might find themselves it's like a yawn. Next, you know, they're concerned mm-hmm. too. You know, mm-hmm. so switching out of that negative loop pattern, switching, flipping the switch, and in, if any way that you can, change your whole operating system so that you are more uh, insulated or elevated away from negative interactions just on GP, just on general principle. Right. Well, wouldn't that fall in line with somewhat the Christ consciousness and understanding and building that relationship on an individual basis? So when we are in together, when we are together as one, that we can change things. And in breaking it down as, again, building that personal relationship with the universe with Most High, with your ancestors, with your spirit guides. So when you get into opportunities where there is a multitude or several, when you collectively think in one motion, the energy is amplified by the gathering of many. You know, for an example. Yes. Yes, but the biggest, the most important thing is that individuality. And when we talked about old codes, we look at our old codes said that someone else needed to think for us. 
and that that was okay. And it was acceptable. You know, someone else was supposed to lead us, even if it was blindly. It was supposed to lead. And I think that the new energy is calling out for. Now we need you to pull it in here and start focusing on you, dealing with you, shedding, you know, old generational behaviors, old thinkings. Let yourself be the light that you want to see. And it's coming a little harshly for people right now. And I think, think you know, and again, I... I think it goes back to a lack of love. I, I just really, well, I, I, you know, a, a lack of love in people's lives. They just somewhere. What I, what I believe is that it is the lack of perception of love, that the perception mm-hmm. that we all are receiving, if right. we're paying attention to the quote, the air quotes, official version that's presented by the media and the powers that be and the programming will have you thinking that the energy is a certain temperature. But when you step outside of that created reality, that bubble, which we are free to live in Mm -hmm. all day if we want to, but when you step out of it, then you realize, Mm -hmm. you know what, there are loving people um, interacting in very powerful mm-hmm. ways on levels, you know, even, uh, you know, I've been listening to things about the harmonic convergence in 1987, mm-hmm. which was a global kind of energetic push that has, as I understand it, really set the tone for a lot of the evolution of the planet in the last 30 years has been because we reached a certain vibrational frequency as a planetary collective that it was seen that we were ready to really go ahead and push on out of Mm -hmm. um, the vibratory energy that we were in. So it's like once Mm -hmm. you get out of, it's like the Truman Show, right? You know, he was stuck in this little reality that he didn't realize how much of it was fiction. And then at some point he Mm -hmm. reached the edge and walked out into the real world for the first time because he'd been living in a fictional creation that was structured and scripted and all of that, scripted reality instead of real reality. But when you're able Mm -hmm. to then step outside of that, that's why I tell people it's very good to get out of your rut and go leave town, go somewhere where you don't know the people and just be around the people. Don't bury yourself in the phone and get connected back to the people who you left to get your energy shifted from. Right. Be right. where you are. Turn off the TV. Mm-hmm. Step away. Have a conversation with somebody. Pull up a YouTube video of, of uh, baby giggling. There's still babies giggling in the mm-hmm. world. You know what I'm saying? How <laughs> yes. bad yes. can the world be that there are not still babies being born who are laughing, kids who are playing and having fun on the playground? They're not all, you know, bullying each other and doing all the things that we tend to hear about. There are kids who are joyful. There are parents who show them love. There are neighbors who hug each other and care and concern for each other. So really it's a matter of sometimes wrestling yourself away 
from the mm-hmm. reality that is being put forward to you and taking actual purposeful, intentional steps uh, to shift your perspective. And sometimes that means you have to detoxify um, mm-hmm. and change your diet. Again, you know, media diet, people diet, job diet, whatever you need to do that you might have to actually exert a little more discipline and purpose about. But when you do, you'll find out we really are in one of the most positive, globally connected times where we can see Mm -hmm. the good things that are happening Mm 3,000 or 30,000 miles away. We can be connected to see the smiles of our loved ones, even though there may be distance between us. We can make new friends and find out they're not so different as we are. You know, things like tragedies, disasters, global unrest, they do call to the deeper concern and move people to donate money to good causes or to pack up and go to do hurricane relief. All those kind of things Mm -hmm. are happening, but if you only pay attention to the the one version of it that's put out there, then you will think that things are much different and your spirit and your body will then accept on many levels Mm -hmm. what it is you are saying is the reality of the moment. So wrestle yourself away from the grip of that, and you'll discover that your whole perspective all of a sudden is like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize how much programming I was receiving. You know, right. I, I didn't realize how much my beliefs were being reinforced by the things, the diet that I was eating. Right. Uh, the song that keeps playing, that started playing in my mind was LL's, uh, LL Cool J's song, Who Do You Love? Who Do You Love? And I think that people need to, you know, when you start to fall in love with you again, you know what I mean, you... See that change in wanting, like you said, to change your diet, wanting to connect, you know what I mean? And it starts with that loving you. Who do you love? Do I love me enough? And when you love you enough, that just kind of like flows out and you want to give that love and show that love and show somebody else how to love yourself. And in loving yourself, you love everything that is around you. So for me, I look at it, who do you love? Even in concepts and, you know, ideologies. Who do you love? Can, do you love the TV? Do you love social media? Do you love your car? Do you love your money? Those are all things that can't love you back. So who do you love? So, you know what I mean? That's my thing. Who do you love? Love yourself. Well, love yourself. I It'll flow out. That would definitely be the one of the things to say in the morning frame setup is I yeah. love myself and I love my life and everything in it. And at that point, then your vibration has set it as an intention and a reality. Therefore, it must be returned back to you. You know, um, this has been a great conversation this evening. I'm so excited to continue to be able to have these thoughtful discussions. 
Uh, this is the Vibrarian Show, and my name is Joelle, and uh, thank you, Monica, for your coming on to contribute, as usual, your perspectives, and to the callers who were listening in and those in the chat room. I definitely appreciate you tuning in, and I hope that when you wake up in the morning, you'll remember some of the things that I've shared with you about how to move yourself out of, you know, we have to exist in this world. We can't just check all the way out. We have business to attend to. We have things to, people to, places to go and people to see. But how we decide to do that will make all the difference for us. And when you find yourself in a low vibration rut, you can recognize that, you may not be able to, like, shift the car out of that rut right away. Sometimes you might just need to stop driving, first of all. Then maybe you're going to need to get out of the car to get out to climb up out of the rut. You know, it might take some shifting of your environment if once you recognize that you're in a negative loop. But certainly if you find yourself ruminating over stressful things, what am I going to do, this is happening, that is happening, this is due, that's due, if I pay such and such, I'm going to have to pay for that, then i got to pick the kids, all that kind of stuff, you know, it will continue on and on and on and on if you don't stop and say, you know what, I'm so grateful for this little giggle box in my pocket. I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to joyfully laugh for a couple minutes and then I'm going to look at the trees and the nature and the beautiful world around me and observe the people who are just in it acting on their everyday impulses. And I am going to approach things differently after this moment right here. Awareness is the number one way that you can look to begin to live a purposeful life awareness on all levels. Who am I? Who do I love, as Monica said? Who do I then love around me that is a reflection of me and all are a reflection of me? And how can I then express this joyful high vibration of love and delightedness for this experience and this journey. How can I give some more of that? <laughs> so, you know, this yes. has been the Vibrain Show. I will be back on next Tuesday for another episode of the Psychic Inside Show. And my guest on Tuesday is Kimberly Bearder. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. We haven't had a chance to connect yet so I can get the pronunciation uh, as it should be. But she is a local Atlanta uh, psychic healer and uh, coaching person. And from what I've experienced, her energy is so positive. So I'm very excited to get to learn more about her on uh, Tuesday. And I believe next Thursday on the Psychic and on the Vibrarian Show, we're either going to be talking about extraterrestrials or the uh, medicine journeys, such as ayahuasca, peyote, sapo, which is from frog medicine. We're going to talk about DMT and the brain functioning that happens when uh, these uh, psychedelic journeys of the self are experienced, and I'm hoping to have a couple of panelists for both of those shows, so it really is going to depend on who confirms with me for their availability on 
either this Thursday or next Thursday. And I do want to remind you that each episode is posted over to the Vibrary YouTube channel. I don't have a custom URL yet because I don't have enough subscribers for YouTube to go ahead and assign me my little virtual real estate, but you can always search for the Vibrary, V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y, and find episodes that um, have been previously recorded on the Vibrary Radio Network. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and to all of the people who are listening to this podcast throughout the week in your cars, on your iPhones and iPads and things of that nature. I really do appreciate your listenership. I wanted to give a shout-out to that audience this evening as well because I know people are streaming us through that interface. So as always, I'm wishing you that you have all of the bountiful blessings that you can possibly hold to overflowing so that you can't even take anymore and that when you wake up in the morning, you think to yourself, wow, this is such a wonderful, wonderful life, and I love it and all those that are in it. Until next time, I honor the light in you. Namaste.